Hey, good morning. Thanks for being at Christ Church today. And uh, boy, I want to also say a personal thanks this morning for uh, letting me be with you this morning in this particular fashion. And uh, it's just uh, a great opportunity for me uh, to be able to be with you in this way and yet at the same time uh, be able to enjoy a weekend with my family over the holiday and uh, obviously have a time of worship with them this morning. So um, thanks so much. Uh, because uh, I'm with you in this particular way, I'm up on the screen, it means that as we're together today, it's going to be important uh, for you to follow in your handout. Um, so if you can make sure you just grab that out of the, the handout that you got today, just grab that scripture, the sermon notes and message uh, scriptures there, so you can follow along, and uh, we're going to be referring to that as usual, because we're a real Bible-focused place. So uh, grab that if you will. Well, okay, we're in a series, and in this series, we are looking at Avengers of uh, the first century. That is, looking at some folks in the first century that uh, just were incredible uh, uh, people of God, and they become a mirror for us, really, of, you know, not just what happened in the first century, but what can happen in this century, what can happen in in our lives and equally in in this church. Um, So today, we, we move on to look at an incredible uh, experience with a couple women in the book of Acts. And uh, I mean, you just saw the movie clip there, and uh, wow, <laughs> what an awesome uh, woman in the movie clip, right? I mean, wow, wish I could move like that. Yeah, what an awesome, awesome woman there. And uh, yet, interestingly enough, uh, did you notice? I mean, it was in the clip and in, in, uh, in the writing there as they were speaking in Russian, but did, did you notice her name? Okay, shout it out. It's okay. Do you remember her name? I mean, don't look at the sign over here. <laughs> I mean, this is kind of the unusual thing, is as we look at this superhero today, um, well, it's just not one of those superheroes that jumps right into our minds, one of those Avengers that just pops right into our mind. I mean, today we're going to look at a woman uh, who is called uh, the Black Widow. And... Uh, What's interesting is not not only is she not somebody that just kind of, wow, I remember the Black Widow, uh, but equally you think about her, and and you think, well, in comparison, you you think about Iron Man, and Iron Man had the cool suit with all the armaments, and uh, you think about Thor, you know, and Thor has the hammer, and the hammer can command lightning, and uh, you think about even Captain America, at least he had a a shield, and then there's the Hulk, you know, and, well, I mean, he's big and green, right? Uh, But when you think about uh, the Black Widow, uh, what does she have? I mean, what's what's her gig? Let me me try to illustrate this. Maybe it'll help you. Uh, To show you what the Black Widow has, uh, this is it right here. Uh, The Black Widow has a black suit, and red hair. Pretty much, that's what she's got. I mean, she's got a, in a movie, she's got a few pistols, but other than that, she's got black suit and red hair. So, I mean, not really too overwhelmingly powerful appearing, right? Well, I'm sure right now, and looking at me, how I'm appearing is definitely not powerful, so let me change that. But the key for us is to uh, look at this woman and understand that the Black Widow is a great parallel for us in looking at some of the women who are talked about in the book of Acts. Because 
if we think about the book of Acts and, and all the incredible things that happened and, and the people that were involved in that, it would be easy to think about, you know, Peter and Paul and Silas and Barnabas. And, but what about the women? They're there. They're absolutely there. And they are incredibly important to the advancing of the kingdom of heaven and the expansion of the church in the book of Acts. Today, I want to introduce you to uh, two of those women. Those first century women who just took what they had and got the job done. Like the Black Widow, who just, who she was who she was. And, and she had her black suit and her red hair and her wits, few sidearms, but she was who she was, and yet she could influence the bad guys to be able to expose their plans, and she could inspire the good guys to become a team and to advance the cause. And, and that's exactly what these women do in the book of Acts. They're just these awesome women who take who they are in their time and place, they use what they have, and they influence. They influence others, and they advance the kingdom. Let's start. Look in your handout, if you will, at uh, Acts uh, 9. And in Acts 9, uh, we experience our first woman, who is called Tabitha. It says, in Joppa, there was a follower named Tabitha. Her Greek name was Dorcas, which means deer. Okay, so what do we know? Well, first of all, her Aramaic name was Tabitha. Her Greek name uh, was Dorcas. Don't, don't know about you, but I'm going to probably use the Aramaic name most of the time if I'm her. But nevertheless, her Aramaic name was Tabitha. Her Greek name was Dorcas. And both of them um, equaled a nickname that was like gazelle or deer. Uh, and in all probability, what, what that's trying to tell us is that uh, Tabitha was probably a very beautiful woman. And, you know, you think of a gazelle or you think of a deer and, you know, beautiful eyes and just a graceful, graceful woman. So they, they were nicknaming her that because that's probably a reflection of who she was in her physical nature. But for us today, the important thing is to look at who she was and the reflection she made for the kingdom of heaven. And that comes in the very next verse. Now look close at the very next verse. And if you got a pencil, grab a pencil. You ready? The next verse, it says, She was always doing good things for people and had given much to the poor. Take your pencil, circle the word, word always and circle the word much, will you? Always much. Always much. What was she doing? Well, she was from the city of Joppa, and she was, you know, the Joppa was, was known. I mean, that was the place that Solomon brought in material for the temple. That's where Jonah went and tried to flee God, Joppa. She was from Joppa. But it, it's not about where she was. It's about what she did. And this verse makes it very clear. She was a person who was always, always taking every opportunity she had to be helpful. To show the grace and the kindness of God. To show the compassion of God. She was always doing good things. And 
She had always given much to the poor. She didn't give the leftovers. She didn't give what she could afford. She didn't give what just was convenient. It says she gave much. Tabitha was a woman of influence. And she influenced others by doing good and being generous. Doing good and being generous. Always and much. Her way of life, her, her reflection, her influence was just to be that kind of person. And, and it shouldn't surprise us because that's the call that Jesus makes on our life. It, it was the call she received and, and it's the call that Jesus makes on our life too. If you go to Luke 6, uh, Luke 6 says, Are students better than their teacher? But when they are fully trained, they will be like their teacher. They will be what? Like their teacher. Tabitha is being like Jesus. She's being like Jesus. What's so interesting about Tabitha is Tabitha is the only woman in the New Testament that is referred to specifically as a disciple of Jesus. That's a big thing. She was referred to here in this text. She's referred to in other translations. It it uses the word disciple, where it says follower. uses the word disciple. Only one referred to as a disciple along with the the 12 guys, right? She's referred to a woman here is referred to uh, as a disciple. What's the important thing? Well, the important thing that we can see, Tabitha is a person of influence because of what she does. She is being like Jesus. And, and we know that's the way Jesus was. He had a, a heart of compassion and he did a ministry of healing and caring and compassion. And he was generous equally in what he did for people. We go to Matthew 9. It says, when Jesus saw the crowds, he felt sorry for them. They were uh, confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. He said to his disciples, a large crop is in the fields but there are only a few workers. Ask the Lord in charge of the harvest to send out workers to bring it in. Guess who one of the workers is? Tabitha, Dorcas, this gazelle of a woman. She is out there influencing always and much and taking every opportunity she has to create a harvest. And we know that expectation, that invitation, is is equally made to us. Paul, in the book of Galatians, says, We should help people whenever we can, especially if they're followers of the Lord. And that's what she's doing. She is influencing. Now, remember, she she doesn't have a suit. She doesn't have a magic hammer. uh, She doesn't have a fancy shield. uh, She's not big and green. (laughs) And yet she has become an incredible first century superhero who influences the bad guys with compassion and who influences the good guys to do much and much more. And I'd say, wow, that is fantastic. What a woman. And she is. (laughs) What a woman, like we said about the Black Widow. And yet this woman is equally, it appears, accustomed to some hardship. Because that's the very next thing we hear about Tabitha, is that extreme hardship comes into her life. 
It says, but Tabitha got sick and died, and her body was washed and placed in an upstairs room. Joppa wasn't far from Lydda, and the followers heard that Peter was there. They sent two men to say to him, Please come with us as quickly as you can. Right away, Peter went with them. The men took Peter upstairs into the room, and many widows were there crying. Now, Joppa is about uh, 10 miles away from uh, Lydda. But what's even more interesting here, and more powerful here, think of the influence that Tabitha must have had that when she dies, the people there realize the significance of this loss. I mean, they realize the impact of what it means for their faith community to lose Tabitha. To the point that instead of saying, oh, well, you know, too bad, so sad, right? Instead of saying, geez, you know, that's the way it is. Sin is in the world and people die. I mean... Instead, they take the action of going the extra step to get Peter to come and get him involved in restoring Tabitha. She was absolutely valuable and irreplaceable, it appears, to this faith community. And so they go and they seek out Peter. And when they bring Peter there, the interesting thing, they bring him there, they bring him to the upstairs room where she is, and, and the text says the first thing they did is they showed him the coats and clothes that Dorcas had made while she was still alive. So apparently she must have had some kind of clothing ministry, and, and, and she was literally clothing people in body and in Christ. And they looked at the influence she was having and saying, how are we going to move forward without Dorcas? How are we going to move forward without Tabitha and her ministry? Now, you ready? Here's a tough question. What would people say? What would people be willing to do for you? Your influence, your ministry, I mean, the mirror, the reflection that she gives us today is challenging. Peter seems to acknowledge the importance of this superhero in the first century. He seems to be aware of the importance to the point that the text says, after Peter had uh, sent everyone out of the room, he knelt down and prayed. Then he turned to the body of Dorcas and said, Tabitha, get up. And the woman opened her eyes And when she saw Peter, she sat up. He took her by the hand and helped her to her feet. And Peter called uh, in the widows and the other followers and showed them that Dorcas had been raised from the dead. Peter apparently valued her influence so much that he would take this action to pray and raise her from the dead. See, the challenging reflection for us today is in in our day and in our time. If you are not here, if Christ's church suddenly disappears, what difference would it make to the kingdom of heaven? 
That's a tough question. That's a tough question because the same truth is still in place where Jesus says the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. The harvest is still in place. The question is, what about the workers? Are, are we ready to be Tabitha? Are we ready to be always and much in making a difference in the world? Now, what's really incredible is that when, when this experience is done, it says everyone in Joppa heard what happened. And many of them put their faith in the Lord. Even in her suffering, even in her death, and now in her resurrection back to life, Tabitha becomes a witness for Christ and brings people to faith. That's awesome. <laughs> That's incredible. The difficulty is, again, reflection in the mirror. The difficulty is, for some of us out here right now, we're going through a season of that same challenge. We're going through some difficult stuff. And we have to be able to look at this first century hero and understand and ask the hard question and see the opportunity that whatever we go through has that same potential to become a witness of influence for the glory of Christ in the expansion of the kingdom. Even in her suffering and her dying, she became a witness for Christ. Superhero. <laughs> I mean, that is a marvelous superhero that challenges us to live always and to live much and to make that kind of difference. And she's not the only one. She's not the only one. Quickly, let me also tell you about the woman Lydia. She appears in the book of Acts when Paul is off doing one of his missionary journeys. And, and he's tried to go this way and he's tried to go that way and it didn't work. And so he's been called to Macedonia and God routes him and brings him through the city of Philippi. Now, what's interesting about that is he's routed through the city of Philippi. And the city of Philippi is a Roman colony. If you look again at your notes, it says, uh, we uh, sailed straight from Troas to Sumatras, uh, and next day we arrived at Neapolis, and there we went to Philippi, which is a Roman colony in the first district of Macedonia. So what's going on? They're going to a Roman colony. What you need to know is that Emperor Claudius in Rome expelled all of the Jews because they were quarreling with the Christians. So he expelled uh, all of the Jews. Now, you can imagine, if that happened in Rome, and, and you're in Philippi, and you are a Roman colony that wants to be like Rome, what do you suppose you're going to do? And so Paul now comes to this city that is this diehard Roman colony, and he's looking for a synagogue, but there's no synagogue. And he's looking for Jews, but he can't seem to find them. And so he decides when it's Sabbath to go outside the city gates, not in the city, outside the city gates, hoping that at the river the Jews will gather to worship. And when he goes out there, it says, they spent several days in Philippi. Then on the Sabbath they went out the city gate to a place by the river where they thought there would be a Jewish, a Jewish meeting place for prayer. And it says, we sat down and we talked with women who came. One of them was Lydia, who was from the city of Thyatra, 
and she sold expensive purple cloth. He goes outside the city, and the only people he finds who are out there praying and standing up for God is women. Think about this. Who were the people who had the courage to be at the foot of the cross from the beginning? The women. Who were the people that were willing to go to the empty tomb? The women. And now in Philippi, who are the people who are willing to go outside the city gates and stand up for God? It's the women. Wow. That's first century superheroes. First century superheroes who are ready to stand up for Christ. They're ready to stand up for God. And so Paul shares the gospel with Lydia. She was a worshiper of God. God made her heart soft. She received what Paul had to say. And right away, she has her whole family baptized. And then it says she begged them that if you think I really have the faith in the Lord, come and stay in my home. And finally, they accepted her invitation. Lydia was apparently relentless in her invitation to say, look, I'm a believer. I am a believer. I want to prove to you that I am a believer. And she uses her resources to make her home available. Now, notice Lydia is from a different city. She's not from Philippi. She is a seller of goods, of purple goods. Very expensive stuff. Very expensive clothing. Uh, purple. And so she is probably wealthy, and she's running her own business, but Philippi is just one of her outlet stores. That's one of the, the places she sells. So she's not in her home territory, but the gospel reaches her right where she is. And right where she is, she becomes an influencer for the kingdom of heaven. And she uses her resources to become an influencer. How do we know this? This is the amazing thing. We know this because Paul continually wrote about how great the church in Philippi was to him and how they supported his ministry. Now think about this. Think where we started with Lydia. This is a Roman colony. She is a person who deals in purple goods. She's one who deals with the wealthy people and she's the one who deals with the political people and she becomes sold out on the cause of Christ and wants to prove she is an absolute follower of Christ. And in the city of Philippi, a church is founded, and it becomes one of the greatest churches Paul ever began, one of the greatest influencers and supporters of his ministry. Lydia is one of those first century superheroes. So where does it leave us? Well, we've impacted this morning, been impacted this morning, hopefully, by, by two incredible superhuman women. That is, just superhero women who, they didn't have a lot of fancy stuff to be able to, appeal. I mean, no, you know, suits and hammers, not being big and green. But they got captured by the gospel. And so they always did what they could, and they were always generous in doing much and giving much, and they used their resources to make the influence they could make to build the church and expand the kingdom of heaven. You see, the real measure for us, the real measure for us is not what happens in this room. As great as it is for us to always weekly be in this room and how, how great it is to worship and praise and adore, 
But the measure of our success, the measure of what happens, isn't what happens in this room. It's the influence that each of us make in this time, in this generation, to extend the kingdom of heaven and accomplish the harvest. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning for your grace and for your goodness. We thank you that we can gather this morning and, uh, boy, we can remember our veterans and those who serve and protect our freedom. Uh, But we can also remember the high calling that each of us have to be a disciple, to be like Tabitha and be like Lydia and be that disciple who just seeks to follow Jesus and, and to do everything we can always and to be generous in much and to make sure we do everything we can to reap that harvest and to extend the kingdom of heaven into one more human heart. So, Lord, we pray today uh, just a prayer of thanks and praise for these superhero women, uh, Tabitha and Lydia, and we pray that we could be like them in our generation. We ask it through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Hey, have a blessed weekend, guys.